Hello, friends. This is Rob Rubitsky. First podcast. Um, first thing I'm going to do is tell you a little bit of my story. For those of you who don't know me, and then explain why I've decided to create a podcast and YouTube channel. Um, I'm almost 54 years old. I was born in 1966 in California. And lived in California until I was about 15. Um, lost my father when I was 15, my adoptive father. And then when I was 16, I actually moved to Arizona with my mom and my sister, again, on my adoptive side of my family. Um, that was 1983. And then lived in Arizona until 1997. During that time, um, went to the University of Arizona in Tucson, uh, dropped out after about three years, worked doing a smattering of different kinds of jobs. Um, and then in 1995, met my ex-wife, who was French. She and I got married here in the States. She was a, a nanny, an au pair. Uh, we got here, we got married in 1996 and then moved to France in 1997 and lived in France with her from 97 to 2005. So eight years in France, uh, which was a very, very enriching, wonderful experience. <clears throat> um, came back to the States, separated and eventually divorced my ex-wife. Came back to the States in 2005 and since 2005, from 2005 to the present, right now it's 2020, uh, lived in, <laughs> I got so stupid, so weird, two years in Arizona, so came back to Arizona, and then moved to Colorado for two years, moved to Florida for two years, moved to North Carolina for two years, and then moved to Virginia and lived in Virginia for five years, came back to Arizona two years ago in 2018, in the fall of 2018. So lots of jumping around, lots of different jobs, lots of different experiences um, all over the map, literally and figuratively, uh, figuratively in terms of relationships and experiences and um, experimentation with different kinds of belief systems and different, I don't know, different, lots of different kinds of experiences. So as a result, um, a little bit of a jack of all trades. I know how to do lots of stuff. I've done in terms of work, I've done everything from, I've done a lot of house painting. I had a house painting business up until about almost a year ago, closed that down. Um, and I did that professionally, um, you know, as a contractor for, it's probably totals, totals up to about 10 years of experience, but uh, doing it at different times in my life. First time I did the house painting um, in that capacity. I was in my 20s and then did it a couple of different times in my 20s. And then when I came back from France in 2005, did it a little bit here, a little bit there. So it's I've done a lot of that. Um, my time in France, I taught English as a second language. So not only did I learn French fluently and get steeped in that language, I also learned, learned and got certified in how to teach English as a second language to adults. Um, and did that for eight years professionally in France. So I've got a sort of language type element as well um, in my skill set and in my knowledge and interests. And I do love to write as, as a consequence of that. Um, and I've been making art uh, 
let's see. So those are probably the main, the two main jobs, house painting, and then uh, teaching English. I've worked with plants. Uh, let's see what else have, have I done? Um, a smattering of other things, right? So also when I was at the University of Arizona in Tucson in around 1988, yeah, probably 1988, he started making art. I went to visit a friend of mine in California and he was uh, studying art at his college. And he and I went to the studio together to his, you know, the art studio where his, you know, he took, he took his art classes and there was nobody else in there. We just kind of, um, you know, dabbled and played and doodled. And I made a little thing that, it, I mean, looking back, it wasn't, there was nothing special about it, but I enjoyed it and I liked it a lot. So I came back to Arizona. I was there for a few days, came back to Arizona, went to an art store and bought um, a paint set, you know, like a little set of like acrylics, like, you know, you got a tube of red, you know, green, blue, etc., and then white and black, and then took a piece of cardboard and just made a little thing on cardboard in my parents' garage. Uh, not far from here in the Phoenix area. And then it was off and running. And so here we are 32 years later, um, not making a whole lot of art these days, but focusing on other things. Um, I just started a new career in another domain and getting this podcast going. Um, but the art has been with me ever since then, you know, for 32 years. So that's one of the great loves of my life. Uh, is making art and so that's that's good fun that's a good time otherwise um, probably one of the key elements to my story is I grew up in a uh, evangelical Christian home and it was the kind of home where it was that belief system was taught to us in such a way wonderful childhood by the way wonderful parents wonderful childhood Great experience, wonderful friendships, very healthy and fun. Lost my dad when I was 15, so that was a little bit tough, right? And that's definitely impacted my psyche and you know created obstacles in my life that I'm still working to resolve or overcome. So uh, having grown up in this evangelical home, uh, the way that we were taught it was that, um, I guess that you would say kind of in a dogmatic way, that sounds kind of bad, but it was taught that that was the that was the way that was the only like the the only truth, right? And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a case against that or for that in at least not in this podcast. <clears throat> but that's a key part of my story is having grown up in a home where it was taught that there's this one there's this one way this one truth around the age of. Well, I guess 18, I was a senior in high school. I remember going, I remember being in a debate class and in that class, um, I was arguing, I was debating against a kid, this other kid in the class, his name was John. And um, we were debating abortion, the question of abortion. And I'm not gonna get into the that debate at this point, but I, this is just part of the story. Um, and I remember during, I remember after the debate, you know, he made his points, I made my points, and then the class was over. <clears throat> After the class, we went outside, we were talking outside the classroom, and I remember him saying to me, like, well, why do you think abortion is wrong, right? And I said, well, because the Bible says it's wrong. The Bible doesn't say it's wrong, at least not in so many words. In any case, he said, um, 
well, how do you know? Or why do you believe what the Bible says? And I said, well, you know, because it's true. And he said, why do you know? And then ring, a little light went off in my head. Fast forward about, a, let's say another six months or so. Um, I had started to have like serious doubts about all of that, about the beliefs that I had been raised with. And, but I still was believing. And my plan at that point was to become a minister, right? So I actually went to a year, I attended a year of Bible college here in the Phoenix area. And during that year, I had several conversations with a bunch of people, some of them faculty, some of them students, some of them people that weren't, you know, at the school at all. And by the end of the year, I came to the conclusion that I needed to get away, not only from um, the belief system in that school, nothing wrong with that school, but, um, but also get away from home because I still live with my parents at the time. So I can continue living with my, living with my parents for about, I guess, another six months or so. Worked at a, worked at a silly job, making probably something like minimum wage, saved a little bit of money, and then went to the university uh, in University of Arizona in Tucson, um, really just to get away, right? Just to get out on my own and kind of like cut the cord and try to start to figure out what do I believe? independent of what I've been taught. And, um, and I don't, by the way, I don't regret be, having been raised in a home like that at all. As I said, it was a wonderful home. And there are certain things about that belief system that were very beneficial to me, right? Anyway, I, did, I needed to have my own reasons for believing whatever it is I was gonna believe. So I went to the University of Arizona and then everything just kind of like, you know, it was just sort of like this, the doors like, like opened, right? Completely opened wide. So socially in terms of idea, ideas and beliefs, um, started to experiment with lots and lots of different things. Uh, I remember I took the history of China, a class in the history of China, a uh, big auditorium, you know, probably like 300 kids in the auditorium. And the professor um, in one particular class, he touched on the different um, religious, the different religions in China. So we talked about you know Confucianism, Buddhism, Taoism, and I remember when he I was especially interested in Buddhism and Taoism. At the end of the class, I went down to the front and I said, you know, those two belief systems are really interesting to me. Um, I'm really curious to know. Do you know of a book that I could read that would you know not so much the history of those things, but more like the practice? Because I wanted to see what they had to offer. And he recommended a book by Thich Nhat Han called The Miracle of Mindfulness, which I ended up buying and read and then started practicing like breathing techniques and meditation, but not really sitting meditation where you sit and like, you know, do the whole like thing like that. Just meditating while you're driving, meditating while you're, you know, and sometimes be just sitting still and meditating. So the, that belief system became a big part of my, the way that I experienced life, the way that I process my emotions, the way that I process everything kind of like calm and trying to stay calm in the midst of adversity and chaos and all the craziness that comes with, with being alive. And that's been really helpful to me. Um, so that's a little bit of my history. Um, so backing up a little bit, having left the, you know, the fold of the church and the belief system in my family and having gone to a university, a university, public university, 
um, public or private probably wouldn't have made a difference, uh, but secular, right? Secular school. Uh, looking back in hindsight at this point, I can see that I started to be, again, looking with hindsight, I started to be indoctrinated by certain ideas. And this is the way that I see it now. Um, so that was, let's say the indoctrination started roughly in around 1990, 1989, like I started school in 88 there. Anyway, so let's say, let's, for, to simplify the math, let's say, let's say from 1990 to about two years ago, right? So it's almost 30 years. Um, I wasn't in school that whole time, of course, but I was exploring kind of the same section of the same slice, you could say, of our culture, both here and in France. Um, and it was, I wouldn't, I never would have called, I never called myself a liberal or a Democrat or uh, anything along those lines. But looking back, my most of my beliefs at that point or during that period would definitely fall into like the moderate left kind of category, right? Um, and then about three years ago, my sister sent me a video. Uh, and the video itself is not important, but the it sort of, it opened up a whole new world for me, this particular video, not because of the contents of the video itself, but in the video, uh, well, I'll tell you what, what the video is. It was when Ben Affleck was featured uh, or was on the Bill Maher show and they were discussing Islam, the religion of Islam and whether um, they, the, the, I guess the question in their minds was, is Islam a good, set of ideas, right? You can Google it, check it out. Um, but also on that show was Sam Harris, uh, who's a commentator and a, you know, commentator on life and um, other things. But the way that Sam Harris laid out his ideas about Islam, it was the way that it was laid out. It was the logic that he used, the argumentation that he used, the way that he communicated it, which was very calm, but his ideas were very much against what is kind of like popular, right? At least popular in the circles that I have been frequenting for 30 years. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. What he's saying actually makes sense. And yet it's really not, doesn't fit the narrative that I had been buying into. Not particularly about Islam, but just the narrative of, you know, it was one of a thousand different narratives that had been a part of my way of seeing life and seeing issues and things for a long period of time. And yet it made sense to me. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Anyway, as you know, uh, this is a YouTube video. When you, the one that I watched was a YouTube video. And so, as you know, if you've used, if you've used YouTube at all, you know that when you watch a video, under the video, uh, it suggests other videos that are similar to that video or that might be of interest to you because you watched that initial video. And then some of those videos that were listed under there led me to other thinkers that also didn't fit in that nifty tight little box that I had been operating within for those three decades. But thinkers that also made a lot of sense to me, well, probably the main one is Jordan Peterson. Um, and if you don't know Jordan Peterson, check him out. <laughs> Jordan Peterson's amazing. Um, and I've learned 
massive amounts from him, um, but also Dave Rubin. Recently, I've discovered Dan Crenshaw, who I think who's a U.S. representative from the state of Texas. Um, Michael Knowles. Um, there's a long list of people who have been very influential on me and sort of helped me realize that hell. Okay. So kind of coming into the present now, what I'm experiencing, let's say for the last two or three years, I've been exploring and studying and learning about what is happening in, Oh, by the way, up until about three years ago, I didn't really watch the news. I basically never watched the news. I had no idea what was going on in the world. So in this podcast, you'll see that there are big holes in my knowledge of history and events that have happened over, you know, not just recent events, but like, you know, kind of forever. I've been studying a lot in the last three years and I've learned a lot. And, but there's just so much, you know, there's st I'm still learning. In any case, um, I discovered that there is, there has been a, a really big shift, in my opinion, in the politi political spect spectrum in the United States and in the West, especially in English-speaking countries, but not exclusively. And that political spectrum has shifted a lot to the left. So the positions that I held that were, like I said before, kind of moderate left for decades had actually kind of become moderate right because of everything else, everything had shifted so far to the left that um, the people that I would say today are moderate lefts, moderate leftists are what I used to call or are what I think used to be kind of radical left. So that reposition of the spectrum repositioned me on the spectrum. So in the current political climate, I would consider myself probably more of a, a moderate conservative, even though I still hold um, certain beliefs that a, a lot of people would consider to be quote unquote liberal, right? Or progressive, maybe not progressive. I think progressive actually is even further to the left than liberal, but in any case, uh, so the last three years have been a huge awakening for me. And it's been interesting because one, I'm an artist and not a lot of artists are conservative, even moderate conservative. Most artists are uh, very decidedly not conservative. <laughs> right? right? Um, and I have had, I'm, I'm pretty active on social media, especially these days, especially in the last six months or so since the pandemic and especially since, you know, the George Floyd incident. Um, so I've been talking a lot about these current events and um, expressing my opinions and my recent decision, say like in the last six months or so, to support Donald Trump as president. And I expressed these opinions on Facebook and on a little bit on Instagram, but not very much, um, but mainly on Facebook. And I've gotten a lot of feedback, let's call it, a lot of flack actually from people um, shocked that I no longer fall into that, into that same spot on the spectrum. And especially the fact that I would support Donald Trump. And it's been fascinating to me to see that. Um, and I've even had people tell me things like, 
you used to be such a nice and compassionate person. <laughs> like, yeah, now I'm a monster, you know? Like, um, it, that's one thing that I'll discuss in a future episode with, uh, with a guest, is that dynamic of people saying, like, how could you be a Trump supporter and also be like a nice person, right? Very interesting. So where I find myself today is I don't like the whole left and right thing and Republican and Democrat and liberal conservative. I don't like the, the division of that whole system. And that's one of the things I want to talk about in this podcast. Um, and yet it serves a purpose. There's a certain utility to figuring out at least for the purposes of conversation, where you figure, where you, where you are, where you live on that spectrum. Um, but there are limitations to that, right? Like I still don't call myself any of those names or any of those words. And I think that that's a really good thing. So I've been thinking um, as far as why create a podcast, I've been wanting to do something I've been wanting to do a YouTube channel. And this, for those of you who are only listening, this is also a YouTube channel as well. So there's video as well. Um, I've been wanting to do something like this for, I guess, about 10 years or so. And now, so it's been kind of cooking in my head for a long time. And in the last year, um, when I came back to Arizona, I'm sort of, I live with a family member live with my nephew and my other family members are, are nearby. So kind of have like sort of the, um, kind of a wonderful relationship, like wonder, wonderful, great people. But I'm sort of in the spot where I've got a kind of support around me. Um, and my family and I, we don't agree on everything, but now we agree actually on a lot of stuff. So being in a situation where I kind of feel like, my life has been crazy for my whole adult life has been kind of insane. As I said, all over the map coming back here was a stabilizing has had a stabilizing effect on my life. So from that stability there and it's stability, especially in terms of like emotionally, it's like sort of coming home a little bit. So that's a really good um, launch pad for doing something like this. So that's part of why I'm doing this, but also in the last, <laughs> since since like February, March, since the pandemic, but especially since all of these riots and what I would call the social justice movement in the streets, but amplified, you know, the social justice movement has been happening at our universities and colleges for, I mean, it's quite a while now, you know, very, very actively for, let's say the last seven years or so, but increasing in volume and frequency, um, and then in the last four months, since the George Floyd incident, this the way that I see it is all of that has spilled out into the streets. And the pandemic was part of that too, right? People had been cooped up and there's all this kind of like angst and energy and all that. But as far as I can tell, it is the social justice movement, which I think is a very destructive movement. And it's not about justice. It's not about real justice. Um, it has spilled out into the streets and it's caught on fire. So in this last four months, my feeling as I think about it and 
And as I listen to my intuition, my feeling has been, dude, you totally need to like create this thing, right? So I've been um, acquiring the equipment and organizing my thoughts and um, inviting people to come on the podcast for the last, let's say, month or so, right? Kind of getting it ready. So, yeah. So that's where I'm at. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening or watching. Um, looking forward to more. This is just a little introduction to me and kind of what this is about and why I'm doing it. And I think that that's probably where I'm going to leave it for now. So again, thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to um, looking forward to more with you at some later point in time. For starters, I'll probably do one a week. Uh, but as time rolls on, depending on how things go, I might increase the frequency to maybe several times a week and possibly eventually like every day. So anyway, thank you again. Only love, dear friends. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.